A record 3.3 million Americans filed for unemployment for the week ending March 21st, 2020. Economists also surveyed by the Dow Jones expect another 2.65 million to join them next week. These are astounding numbers and have crushed the most recent record by more than five times in all of recorded history. The economy is beginning to feel the impacts of the coronavirus. Uh, today's show will mark the first in the series. will help explain how the economy works and why these are such big impacts to your life. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson, where we talk about money, business, and life. I hope you enjoy today's show. Let's get into it. Welcome to today's show. I wanted to address the coronavirus pandemic because I know it's been a tough week and there will be much tougher weeks to come in the future. But the economic implications are really starting to show up in the data and the economy, uh, as indicated by the unemployment rate skyrocketing. So I know there's a lot of nervousness and fear in the country of our immediate and long term futures whether that be personal health, whether that be economically, and even you know the relationships that we have with people. And I would urge you all to continue to be compassionate. Uh, we are a strong-willed and innovative country. Uh, we will see this through. Uh, we may be bloodied, but our heads are unbowed. Uh, stay steadfast. Don't be gripped with fear, but reach out and continue to be social. Really rely on technology to connect with people, connect with your friends, your family the best way that you can, because uh, they can help you get through this, as I know we all will. Continue to keep planning your finances. Keep being optimistic. Everything will be OK. Uh, we will come out on the other side of this, just as generations of Americans before us have done with previous crises in our country. Uh, so continue to be confident and optimistic and positive. There are. Obviously, will be some tough days ahead, uh, but we can weather this crisis and continue to use our time wisely. We can continue to find ways to be productive with what we have. Uh, in today's topic, I want to address the economy. The news cycles have a lot of people uh, concerned regarding the economy, as I mentioned with the unemployment uh, numbers starting to really make a shift. So I wanted to use today's show to kind of talk about the economy and what the economy means to us, how it works for us, and some of the the cogs in the economy and how that can uh, impact us in our in our in our daily life. So I started off today's show with the huge amount of unemployment applications that are starting to be submitted by Americans in the country during this this crisis, which is significantly higher than what we've seen. In the most recent past, it's going to be a huge shock uh, wave in the economy. It's going to send ripples all over the country uh, from an economic standpoint. We're only at the beginning of the reverberations that we will start to see, uh, which has obviously the stock market uh, in flux because of the nervousness of what is to come and the uncertainty of how long parts of the economy is going to be shut down, for example. So today's show, I wanted to, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to start talking about different parts of the economy. Uh, we, The economy is so uh, complex and vast, we actually need to break this up in a number of different shows. So this will be one as a part of in a series of how the economic machine works. 
And one of those building blocks is simply transactions. Uh, we will discuss a little bit today about credit and debt, how credit and debt work together, uh, as well as spending and how spending drives the economy and how those th three things work together. Uh, there are definitely some other cool uh, aspects of the economy that wrap those around, uh, such as productivity and the debt cycle, but we will cover those in other shows. Uh, but I thought it'd be good to kind of start with the building blocks uh, of the economy as we kind of uh, look at how the economy works for us individually and gives us an idea to look over, look at the overview in the economic system and why it does go in cycles uh, if we can at least start with these building blocks first. So uh, we'll definitely start with transactions. The other thing I want to make sure I encourage all my listeners to do uh, is go listen to or watch on YouTube uh, Ray Dalio's How the Economic Machine Works. Uh, it's a great it's a great snippet. It's only 30 minutes, but pretty much wraps up the economy uh, in a nutshell. Uh, so if you have some time, which I'm sure you, you probably do during the quarantine, unfortunately, uh, take some time to watch that video and educate yourself uh, as another option uh, to, to learn more about how the economy works here in America. So let's start with transactions. The economy is simply a sum of all of the transactions in the world or in a country. Uh, and all those transactions are pretty much interconnected or they, at least they interconnect uh, all of us. But adding up all these transactions uh, determine uh, what the size of the economy is. So when you hear about the global economy, uh, simply put, it's pretty much all of the transactions that have happened in the world uh, over a certain amount of time is the economy uh, because it gives an idea of what kind of commerce is happening, what kind of things people are buying or willing to exchange uh, money for uh, other items. Uh, so to simply put what a transaction is, is every cons transaction consists of a buyer and a seller uh, in which a buyer uses money or credit to exchange with the seller to either acquire goods, uh, services, or financial assets. Uh, these transactions occur daily. Uh, you engage in them every time you buy something online, whether you buy it at the store, uh, whether your friends buy something, or even businesses. When businesses go out and buy uh, products or supplies uh, to, to make their businesses function. Uh, so a great example of this is actually when you go to the grocery store, uh, you purchase a bottle of wine, uh, you have created a, tr a transaction where you, the buyer on one side uh, in the grocery store, the seller uh, on the other. So you can imagine billions and trillions of transactions are happening uh, every day across this country as well as uh, across the world. Uh, and all of these wine transactions, for example, added together, uh, create its own economy or the, the wine market, uh, for example. So there's a market. And a bigger point to understand is that all these cycles and forces in the economy are pretty much driven by transactions. Uh, this is a key point to understand why there's so much concern with the state of the economy right now. Uh, during this coronavirus pandemic, 
uh, is because of how it will ultimately impact transactions in the marketplace. Uh, Congress has passed a two trillion dollar stimulus bill to help you know buoy the economy uh, while we deal with this crisis. Uh, and the reason why you have a crisis is simply put, there are huge parts of the economy, for example, uh, that are completely shut down where, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago, there were, poten- you know, there were probably millions of transactions happening in the bar and restaurant segment of our economy. And not only has it slowed, um, but in some cases it has completely stopped as some restaurants are not even uh, opening until further notice. Uh, people cannot dine in any longer where uh, you know, many, plenty of transactions were happening on a daily basis, uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. If you go around around the world in that segment, that has all come to a complete halt, uh, which in turn means there's less transactions. Uh, where there's less transactions, that means there's less productivity. Uh, that means there's less spending. Uh, and there are even more mounting concerns with debt repayment in the short term, as we'll talk about credit and debt uh, shortly. But that's where all the concern comes from, because all of the transactions, particularly in that segment, will impact the amount of cash that is flowing throughout the economy, uh, which actually leads to the next big topic is in the next really big key point for you to understand is that spending drives the economy. At the end of the day, Spending drives the economy. Uh, And why is that true? The reason why that's true is because one person's spending is another person's income. Uh, So the more that you, every dollar that you spend, that I spend, that a business spends, ultimately is another person's income. So as we started with transactions, you have a buyer and a seller where your buyer is spending, your seller typically is earning that money that you're spending by offering the goods, services, or financial assets as we talked about in those building blocks. So if if every dollar that you spend is another person's income, if we go back to our example of bars and restaurants, now there is no spending that is occurring in that part of our economy. Uh, why that's bad is because if if every dollar spent is another person's income, now that those dollars are not being spent, that means that people on the other side of that transaction, in, income is now not being earned uh, in the way that it was before we were going through the pandemic and the crisis. And this can get much more complex than just the buyers and sellers of a patron of a restaurant and the actual restaurant itself. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, talked about it reverberating throughout the economy. Well, not only is the restaurant owner also impacted, uh, but all of the vendors that the restaurant purchases their product from are impacted because they're buyers as well. They buy wholesale chicken and fish and uh, vegetables to prepare their meals and spices uh, that they get from other vendors. They buy their alcohol from distributors uh, in the market. And now that they're not buying, it impacts the income of those vendors. And then those vendors, uh, as you might have seen, some uh, local breweries have 
had to shut down. There's a big fear of a lot of businesses who don't have strong enough balance sheets or savings will make it through uh, this dip in the economy because in some way or another, we're all connected uh, because all of us, as we make money, wherever, whatever you do for a living, uh, if your income becomes impacted where you are laid off or you're furloughed or your income is reduced or maybe you can keep your job, but your income is reduced, it's still going to have an impact on the economy at large because whatever it is you were buying before is either going to be reduced. Some things will be cut uh, from your own personal budget. And when people spend less, that means other people earn less and their income goes down uh, because these two cycles are always connected. Uh, so in the heyday of an economy where people are spending more in a boom, for example, which we were in for pretty much 10 years when we were uh, climbing out of the past recession in 2008, when people spend more, uh, that means people earn more. And that also means when people earn more and their income is higher, uh, as we'll get into credit and debt, uh, they're also deemed more credit worthy, which then can also increase uh, spending. So there are two sides to this cycle on the when the economy is expanding, people are earning more, which leads to them spending more, uh, which does also uh, improve their credit worthiness to borrow more, which can increase spending, which we'll get into more uh, later. Um, but on the flip side of that same coin, when people are spending less, uh, people earn less, uh, their credit worthiness also then goes down, which means they borrow less, uh, which also impacts their spending. And this is why you have seen the two trillion dollar stimulus package be passed by Congress to help encourage spending because when you encourage spending uh, you encourage more income to be made because every dollar spent is another person's income to help keep the economy moving in a positive direction to hopefully prevent the economy from going into a recession there are some key things about this stimulus uh, that's different than the package that got passed in 08 if any of you all were Around back in 08 and 2010, there were a lot of concerns of uh, the big banks getting bailed out and big auto getting bailed, bailed out and the big, big corporations getting bailed out. But there wasn't really much stimulus for the average American uh, in the market, which is much different this time, which when you look at the foundations of the economic machine, the more money that people have on a larger scale, the more spend, the more opportunity you have for spending to occur. Uh, therefore, you can encourage more income to be made from that spending as we all interact with each other in the economy, uh, which is why uh, Congress, you know, is giving twelve hundred dollars uh, to each American. Uh, why the small business plan, parts of the small business loans is to, uh, with the, some of the stipulations are, you have to maintain, uh, even for the large corporations, you have to maintain 90% of your workforce prior to uh, the bill's passage. Because if you keep people employed and you keep them with an income, that means they have money to spend. And as I beat the dead horse, they have money to spend, 
that's more money for people to earn on their income side, uh, therefore generating positive gains in the economy. Uh, so I hope that that really makes sense of what the stimulus bill uh, was de- is designed to do and what lawmakers were negotiating on, because ultimately it's about spending and driving the economy uh, and hopefully keeping it buoyed uh, until we can turn parts of our economy back on and that people aren't uh, left behind because they have payments due, uh, which will bring us to debt. Why the debt uh, and credit portion uh, is so important to the economy and why the stimulus bill has been created, because people do have debts that they've made, uh, not anticipating a reduction uh, in their income, uh, which is going to begin to happen as we enter a recession or if we enter a recession due to the coronavirus pandemic. So before we talk about credit, uh, there's a distinction I want to make. So an economy without credit, there's only one way to really boost your income or increase your your ability to spend. Uh, That's to increase your productivity. People who are willing to go learn a new skill or start a business uh, or go work for an employer Their productivity is what drives their income. It's how we make money and therefore increases your spending Uh, in an economy with credit like ours. There's only one other way you can increase your spending is that's actually to borrow. Um, So as we begin to discuss credit, it's important to understand the only two ways to increase your spending is in an economy is one, increase your productivity Two is to borrow or use credit. Uh, So as we use credit, it's important to understand the role of the central bank uh, as the central bank controls the amount of money and credit in the economy. Uh, They do this by managing interest rates and printing new money. Uh, So this makes the central bank really an important player in the flow of money uh, in our economy. Uh, Credit has a critical influence on the economy in the same way buyers and sellers come together to make transactions. Uh, So do lenders and borrowers. Uh, So they come together uh, because each has a different motive. Uh, Lenders. Usual incentive and motive to lend you money is to make more money, Uh, hence the interest rate that you get on a loan that's purely just profit uh, that a lender makes and it's how they make money on the borrower side. Usually their motive, uh, they want to buy something that they can't currently afford with cash. Uh, So they borrow the money uh, with the promise uh, to pay the lender back plus interest. Uh, So the lender is able to get what they want, a profitable potential transaction And a borrower is able to get what they want, something they currently cannot afford to buy in cash. So these two groups come together, uh, particularly a borrower uh, often signs a promissory note with the lender. Uh, The lender um, decide determines their credit worthiness, whether they are uh, able to be given this credit uh, with the intention that they will pay back the principal. Uh, plus an interest amount uh, in the future. 
When lenders and borrowers agree on terms of a loan, credit is then created out of thin air. Uh, in the exact moment that that credit is created, a debt is also created. So credit and debt are pretty much two sides of the same coin. Uh, debt is both an asset to the lender uh, because they make money off of the, the credit uh, that they've lent to you. Uh, but the debt on your side or on your balance sheet actually shows up as a liability uh, because you owe money uh, to the lender for that transaction. Uh, this transaction actually cannot be settled until the borrower uh, fully pays back the loan plus principal uh, and interest. So in effect, uh, borrowing can help increase a person's or business's uh, spending a great example of this is if you make $100,000 a year, let's make the math easy. You make $100,000 a year, you have money or income coming in at $100,000 a year. Your banks or lenders are willing to offer you a credit of $10,000 a year. And you decide to use that credit throughout the year. Well, your actual spending for that year is $110,000 even though money, cash money that you actually made was only $100,000, uh, you spent in that year $110,000. And if we go back to the earlier example of today's show, remember, spending drives the economy. Every dollar spent, you spend is another person's income. So if I spend $100,000 plus my $10,000 credit or debt that I've now accrued, another person has the opportunity to make $110,000, right? And remember, this web of the economy is all interconnected. So if we're all borrowing that $100,000, you spend $110,000, other people make the $110,000, they also have credit extended to them by the lender. So now uh, someone who made that $110,000 off your spending they also have the access of $10,000 of credit that they decide to use. So now their spending is $120,000. And as we see incrementally, people's spending and income go up together as they both rise. Uh, this is credit's impact on really accelerating the growth of an economy because it creates more spending in the market. And because it creates more spending, the more spending that's created, the more income is then earned. Now, there's definitely a risk involved with borrowing. Uh, depending on what you borrow the money for, if you borrow the money to buy a new couch, for example, uh, it doesn't generate any income, nor does it increase your productivity. So in effect, uh, pretty much what you've done when you make a decision in that way with credit or debt, you're in effect borrowing from your future earnings, uh, which can be risky, which also pretty much leads to why we have cycles. We have a cycle of increased spending and increased income. Then we have the recession of uh, decreased spending and decreased income. And when you spend money in that way, you can definitely get hurt by it. Others also borrow to uh, start a business, uh, 
buy financial assets that may generate income. Uh, but this is not foolproof either. It's still a risk in taking on that debt as a borrower and extending that credit as a lender. A great example would go back to a bar and restaurant. People two or three years ago, maybe even this year, may have borrowed money from a lender to start their restaurant. And now they have no way to be productive because they're under an order to not open, uh, which is why you see some of the debates uh, among our lawmakers and policymakers about when the economy is going to open soon, because in, to that person who borrowed, the clock is ticking uh, before uh, those loans was, begin to default, which is pretty much for every everyone who has debt. Uh, in the economy right now, which is the big fear and why you hear fear of collapses. Um, but this is why we have cycles because of the debt cycle. Um, ultimately, when you take on when a lender extends credit to you and you take on debt, you are borrowing from your future earnings. So you have more money now and more spending now. But in the future, your spending will be reduced. Because you will need to pay back the loan plus interest. So I hope you can understand why this can create a cycle, even just in the normal way of operating, because you have less spending in the future. You're, if your income does not rise, you're going to have less spending. And remember, again, spending, one person's spending is another person's income. And if you've borrowed from your future earnings, your spending will be less just based on the math if you still have the income. Uh, where things start to get tricky and where they get murky and it collapses when you don't have any income, uh, but you're still liable for all of the debt you accrued when you had income in the past. Uh, and this is where you have uh, large scale recessions um, that involve defaults because the mounting debt is so significant. Uh, there's been a number of articles over the last few years about concerns with corporate debt um, because of this matter, because people aren't prepared for a a um, a downtrend in the economy where if there is less spending, will people have enough income to at least be current uh, on the debt that they have accrued? And this is why you why there's all the nervousness and fear in the market, uh, because there is a lot of debt in the market, uh, whether it be individual consumers, whether it be businesses. They rely on the spending from the economy for their income, and therefore their income uh, to pay their debt obligations. Uh, so debt and credit can, you know, and can have two sides to that coin. Credit can be fantastic because it can allow you access to money to go spend more in the economy and to hopefully increase your productivity to it, to continue to increase your income. Um, but on the flip side of it, it can also be the thing that crushes uh, your financial situation. If there is less spending in the economy, which leads to you having less income. If you don't, if you no longer have the income to at least keep your debts current, uh, then you can go into default which then impacts the economy from a large perspective, not just as an individual, uh, but as a business as well. This is a great example of why we recommend 
to only budget your expenses around 50% of your income, uh, not only to allow the other 50% to be a flexible uh, amount of money for you to invest in other financial assets to help build your wealth, um, but it also comes in handy in times of recession when you need to cut back. Uh, and it's not as stringent for you to cut back to maintain your current lifestyle. Uh, we also obviously recommend building a six month emergency fund uh, so that you can still take advantage of huge opportunities in the market to invest, uh, especially in times of a recession. But if you haven't quite gotten that emergency fund built yet, um, right now you want to focus on building that emergency fund if you still have a job or if you still have access to your income or if that's still a concern. Uh, but these are also the times that it can be very lucrative to invest in the market. But we will have plenty more episodes to discuss uh, investing and managing your, your financial situation and your planning. Uh, but as it, as it regards to the economy, I hope you all enjoy today's show uh, as we cover transactions, the building blocks of an economy, as we discussed a little bit of how spending drives the economy. Um, whether it be in a expansion or in a recession and a little bit of how credit and debt works, uh, how that impacts the economy and how it can uh, shift uh, the the weight of expanding or, re- or receding uh, when it comes to the economy. But I hope you all enjoyed today's show. Uh, you also can follow us on Instagram at the Good Samaritan Podcast. As the handle there, feel free to email us at the Good Samaritan Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Love to get some questions and some topics to cover uh, in the future. Uh, But no matter where you are on your financial journey, always take the time to be a Good Samaritan. Peace.